Tappers, what's up? It is the Friday edition of the Daily Tap for April 30th. Hope you're all doing well. We are going to talk about everything Aaron Rodgers. Just empty the notebook. We are going to ramble a little bit. It's going to be fun. I'm going to have a good time with it. I'll explain a little bit more in a second. Talk about Eric Stokes being drafted by the Packers and talk about why the national media narrative of Aaron Rodgers doesn't have enough weapons. Never really actually seems to fit. And then lastly, we'll talk about the Brewers' nice win against the Dodgers. I was there. What it was like going to a baseball game in times of almost COVID. I wouldn't say COVID is still, I mean, COVID's still around, but it's not as what it used to be. So I'll talk about all of that today. So big show, but obviously Aaron Rodgers is starting. How could you not lead with Aaron Rodgers? I was trying to come up with what would be my topic. What would be the thing I wanted to discuss around Aaron Rodgers. And I I had trouble sort of figuring it out um, because there's just a lot in my brain right now. And there's a lot that's going on as a fan where you are sort of, there's a lot of pathways that this can go, right? It's the pathway of, do am I ride or die with the Packers? Do I just believe that they are going to make this happen? And that they know that Jordan Love is the next great quarterback. That Bears fans, Lions fans, Vikings fans in three or four years are going to be like, oh fuck, we have another MVP in Green Bay. And I believe that wherever Rodgers is playing or if he's hosting Jeopardy. Or do I ride with Aaron Rodgers and believe that Aaron Rodgers still has two or three more, two or three good years left in him, that he's going to be able to deliver for the Green Bay Packers for the next few years and ride off in the sunset in the way that he wants? Green Bay would obviously probably trade Jordan Love somewhere, and Jordan Love would end up being the the other part of it, and. So a, a part of me is like, well, I, I'm just really, whatever the Packers do, I trust the process. I did that with Favre. I think I'm still going to do that with the current administration um, because I do think they have the best interest in how to move this team forward. And they know a lot more things than we do. A lot of fans like to pretend they have an idea of what's going on uh, at Lambeau Field and they just don't. At 1265 Lombardi, they don't know. They have no idea. So I look at this and say, all right, there's obviously friction between Aaron Rodgers and Brian Gunacoust. And I don't think Matt LaFleur is included in that. I thought it was very curious that Jay Glazer out of nowhere today was like, oh, Matt LaFleur didn't know that Jordan Love was getting drafted either. It just kind of came out of nowhere. Which is weird because Matt LaFleur talked to Jordan Love's coaches. Like, there's no way that he couldn't have known that Jordan Love was going to be picked. And Brian Gunacoust did not really communicate the Jordan Love pick to Aaron Rodgers. He admitted today in his press conference said we should have communicated that better. We should have explained to Aaron what we were doing. And it has obviously burned a bridge. And Aaron didn't take it out against them until after the season. Aaron was a consummate teammate. Aaron was a leader. And now he's scorching the earth. And why is he scorching the earth, you ask? Well, I think part of it is he's seen other guys try to do it. He saw Russell Wilson try to do it. He saw Deshaun Watson try to do it. Now, both of those guys had different reasons why it didn't work. 
I think for Russell, it was he only wanted to go to a few places. It was he wasn't gonna say, "Hey, I want to go. Just trade me. I I need out of here." And if that would have happened, I don't know where Russell Wilson would have went. But they were gonna not give Russell his wishes, and they were gonna put him in the AFC. I guarantee you, just like the Packers would to Rodgers. There's no way Rodgers will be playing in the NFC. That is a guarantee. Fucking T. By the way, if he were to get traded, but Brian Gutekunst has said he's not going to get traded. So Aaron Rodgers tries to kind of work his way out of Green Bay, and Aaron Rodgers says, "I want out. I want out of Green Bay." He's told some teammates, "I don't want to play here anymore. I am just done with the organization because of what they did by drafting Jordan Love." Now, so here's where I struggle. Here's where I am at a rock and a hard place with Aaron Rodgers. I think we can all admit to ourselves that Aaron Rodgers wasn't that good in 2017 and 2018. And 2019, really. And Aaron Rodgers had, there were some real struggles. There were some real issues with Rodgers. And a lot of people thought Rodgers wasn't elite anymore. Remember, Rodgers was ranked outside the top 10 by some guy in CBS.com last year before the season started. People had lost all faith in Aaron Rodgers. People kind of gave up on that Rodgers could be this fire-breathing dragon we have seen so many times before. And Jordan Love lit the fire under his ass, just like Jimmy Garoppolo lit a fire under Tom Brady's ass when Tom Brady started to feel complacent. We in society... Whenever we feel complacent, we need something to happen to light a fire under our ass and say, all right, it's go time. And that was exactly what the Packers did by drafting Jordan Love. Now, not talking to Rodgers, I think, was part of it. They didn't want to tell Rodgers they were drafting Jordan Love because guess what? Rodgers would have flipped the fuck out. And and, and, and there was no way that they could have said to Rodgers last year, hey, look, We're going to make a move on a quarterback early this year. We don't want to get rid of you. We know you have four years left on your deal. We just want to make sure that we have the next guy ready to go whenever you decide to step down. And maybe that would have played. Maybe it wouldn't have. I have no idea with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a very sensitive guy. He is a grudge guy. And so for him... I don't know what sort of the next step is. And there's obviously a mending that needs to happen. And and is it a bridge too far? You've seen Aaron Rodgers cut his parents out of his life. Now, a lot of people are going to use this example. But I, I actually think it's a reckless example to use. I actually think it's kind of an embarrassing example, if we're being honest. It's family. We don't We shouldn't really talk about people's families. Whatever family drama that they're going through or went through, they're, they're done and they're over, that's that's their fucking business, okay? We all have family issues. We don't that doesn't those skeletons do not get need to get dragged out. Just because his fucking brother was on the goddamn bachelor and spilled all the tea. It, you know, if he doesn't do that, I, I don't know, maybe we aren't talking about Aaron Rodgers' family as much. But that's what people will use to point out the grudges, which is kind of weird, right? Like, can't we separate what you do off the field and what you do on the field? Yeah, Rodgers is going to get stuck in two. He's going to try to get what he wants. Who knows? 
Green Bay could have been talking to Denver. Now, this would be some shit, right? If Green Bay was talking to Denver about trading for Jordan Love in the second round, that they're going to go up and get, say, JOK or Elijah Moore or one of the offensive tackles at nine, and they're going to move up and trade Jordan Love. And then say, all right, Aaron, it's your it's your call. Ball's in your court. But I, I also think that the Packers don't want to trade Jordan Love until they know they have a hundred percent buy-in from Aaron Rodgers. They're not going to do that. They just aren't. And unless they have buy-in from Aaron Rodgers, they're that's not gonna happen. But then I also ask the question: if they do trade Jordan Love tomorrow, um, what does that do with Aaron Rodgers and the sort of chip on his shoulder, the fire under his ass. What happens? Does he just go back to that 2017, 2018, I don't give a fuck form? Or does he actually sort of keep that MVP pace? I really don't know. And that's the thing that kind of scares me about this all is why are we just giving the keys to Aaron Rodgers? He, yes, he's won MVPs. Yes, he's one of the best quarterbacks that has ever played this game. But he was starting to look like he was kind of done listening to coaches. And then the Jordan Love shit happened and he became all in. So what, where are we now? And is there, is this really a situation where Aaron's like, you know what? I don't want to be here anymore. I'm done. And you can't convince me otherwise. Green Bay is going to start the year with Jordan Love. I don't think they're going to trade Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers wants to opt out of the season, he wants to retire, which would then, I think he has to wait like a year and then he can unretire and choose a new team and forfeit all the money that he's set to be paid. Green Bay will pay him to sit on a bench. They will go Deshaun Watson on his ass. Not the whole massage parlor shit. But they will basically say, all right, we're going to call your bluff. We're going to call your bluff that you're not going to come back. You better hope that Jordan Jordan Love doesn't wally pip your ass. Now, granted, it would take a lot, right? But there is one of those things where the Packers, I don't think, are going to move him. And I know we say that all the time. Like, the QB1 graphic for the Chicago Bears was featured with Andy Dalton in March. Now, it's, it was getting dunked on today because they drafted Justin Fields, which we'll probably mention a little bit with the Eric Stokes stuff. But... So yes, it could be, yeah, we're not trading Aaron Rodgers today, but I don't know, three months down the road, we could have a deal for Aaron Rodgers. But still, that that is, does not seem what the Packers wanted to do. Brian Gunacusa's comments after the game, after the game, after the draft, were very strong and pointed and supportive of Aaron Rodgers and say that they talk all the time. So my question is, is like, what are they talking about if the fences are that kind of torn apart? Like, and they're trying to mend them. What has happened? What are those calls? Does Aaron just rip them and say, you guys are dickheads. I fucking hate you. I want out of here. Fuck off, Brian. I don't want to hear your shit today. Is that what we're, is that the conversation? Or is it kind of, he's just sort of aloof and he's like, I don't know, man. I guess, like maybe, sure. So I just want to understand what Aaron Rodgers is thinking 
And that's really hard to do when you haven't heard from him, right? We've heard from Brian Gunacus now. From what everything Brian Gunacus tells me is they will fight like hell to get Aaron Rodgers into a Green Bay Packer uniform this year. And if Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to play, they'll tell him, you know what? All right, man, cool. We're fine with it. And again, we're not going to trade you. And I, I don't know if the Packers will budge. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. But it is close to feeling like far of 2008 again. I know that's what a lot of people are asking, thinking about. I, I don't know if we're there just yet. We have to have some really true vitriol from the fans on both sides. The Aaron Rodgers side, the Jordan Love side. And we, we kind of sort of get to that point. But I don't think anyone's really tired of Aaron Rodgers. But I will say, as we transition to the draft, this idea that Aaron Rodgers needs all these weapons is extremely disrespectful to a top, a, the top offense in the NFL last year. Moving on to the NFL draft. So we heard pretty much all after the Packers selected Eric Stokes from Georgia, the cornerback, the blazing fast cornerback at 429 or 425, however you're, whichever speed dial you're looking at. Uh, everyone was like, well, Packers, what a fuck you move to Aaron Rodgers. Packers, they don't draft first round talent. Which is so funny. And I, oh my God, this drive, every year we have to do this. We have to go through this goddamn exercise. But here we go again. Yes, Green Bay has drafted a lot of defense in the first rounds. You may not know this, but the Packers do need help defensively. They have not done well. I would argue, in terms of drafting defense, they're adequate at best. Jair Alexander, for every Jair Alexander, there's like three Oren Burks, okay? But the Green Bay Packers have drafted defense early. But what that doesn't mean is they're drafting defense in the second round as well. Here are a few names for you that the Packers drafted at wide receiver in the second round. Devontae Adams, he's pretty good. Greg Jennings, well, he was pretty good. Jordy Nelson, again, very good. Randall Cobb. So those are four guys. James Jones was drafted in the third round, I believe. So that's, if you add in James Jones to the mix, that means you have five. I think they have more than that. If I look at third round receivers, they've had receiving talent in those second and third rounds. So this whole idea that Aaron Rodgers doesn't get weapons because of the first round is garbage. Aaron Rodgers has gotten a lot of weapons from the draft. Devontae Adams is one of them. Aaron Jones is another. Those are weapons. They don't look like weapons immediately, but that's because we live in a dumb society where everyone thinks that it's pointed or someone's out to get somebody else. It's not the case. All it is is that Green Bay, I think, values defense early more than they value offense. And that's why they draft so much defense But to say that this is like a fuck you or something like that is so ridiculous, man. It is not that at all. It's just this comfortable media narrative that we like to build. And this idea that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have enough weapons, as I said at the open, is disrespectful to the team he has. Aaron Jones is one of the best running backs in the NFL. Devontae Adams might be the best receiver in football. 
Robert Tanyan was a top 10 tight end last year. David Bakhtiari is going to be a Hall of Famer. Elton Jenkins might be on his way to it as well. What more do you fucking want? Alan Lazard, MVS were competent two and three receivers last year. What more do you want? And and that's maybe not to Aaron directly. That's more to maybe the media who just conveniently forgets all this shit. Because that's what they do. Because the, the, the idea of Aaron Rodgers doesn't have enough weapons gets so much runtime. And yet, it's the most ignorant thing you can say about the Green Bay Packers. It is the easiest way to spot somebody who isn't really a Packer fan. And I hate doing that shit. I hate pulling that card. But if you hear people say that type of garbage, they aren't the real ones. So just, just be careful out there. As for... The draft pick itself, Eric Stokes from Georgia. He's a speed demon. He is 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, six, maybe, maybe a little short of that, 6'1". Let's redo that. As for the draft pick, Eric Stokes is a speedster. Uh, he has 4'2", 5 to 4'2", speed on the 40. That is incredible. Stokes is also a taller uh, corner at 6-1. He has some issues with some transitional stuff and can play a little rigid, but the guy can also ball out. And it is a great Kevin King replacement. Will it be an immediate Kevin King replacement? I'm not sure. I think it's going to push Kevin King and kind of like that complacency thing we talked about, it is going to light a fire or it should light a fire under Kevin King's ass to get it in gear and to be the best version of himself because a guy like Eric Stokes is going to be knocking down his door. And I loved what Eric Stokes said about Jair Alexander, about how he would love to play like him. He really admires his game, how he's happy to be a Packer. I know all these guys are happy to be where they're where they're at, but it's still, it's nice to hear, right? But working it back to Aaron Rodgers, you you just have to remember it's not always about Aaron Rodgers. And yes, would he have liked the wide receiver? Sure. I mean, come on, right? He wants more talent. He they ha- even though they have a top offense, they still could use more. And, but Green Bay needs cornerbacks. They, it was an issue for them last year. Tremont Williams, of all people, I love Tremont Williams, one of my favorite Packers. But he was brought in at the end of the year because they did not have anybody else. That's how lack of depth they had at that position. And that's why they went after Eric Stokes. And so now your cornerback room, your secondary room looks like this. It looks like Kevin King, J.R. Alexander, Chandon Sullivan, Eric Stokes. That's a good start. I mean, I wouldn't say it's perfect. I think they need to go get Okadar Holloman's there. They have a few others, right? But they're going to need to still get another guy probably. I, I If they draft another corner in the fourth round, I'm not going to be complaining. Or the fifth round. I will not be surprised either. And so I don't hate this pick at all. I do worry he might be a little bit of a workout warrior. That it's just he is a freak athlete and that's it. You know, Brian Gutekunst loves freak athletes. That's his thing. He likes freaks. The Packers have developed, have had more and more freak athlete guys on their team. Some have really worked out. Some haven't. And that's 
that's the kind of the the bus part of it, right? Like Eric Stokes could easily become Kevin King, but when I say that, he could become Kevin King in the sense that he's giving up big plays because he got burned because he trusted his speed. He believed that he could catch up and he just couldn't. So that that's a worry, right? But man, if he picks one off, like off the corner, he's gone. No one's touching him. Not at 429. That's that's just not happening. As for what the Packers might do in the second round, guess what? I don't think they're drafting a receiver. I think they're gonna go after a tackle. The way the tackles are kind of falling a little bit, like Eichtenberg still around, and he probably maybe he'll be there in the late second. I love Eichtenberg. I will love that pick. I think if Travion Jenkins is around in the middle of the second round, Greenman might go up and get a tackle. Don't be surprised if they go up and get a tackle. It's not going to be for a receiver. I can almost guarantee that. And I was talking with our guy Murph. I would guess I would say our draft expert, Murph. And he said he did also agree with tackle. So I, I will say it wasn't it was my thought before. Murph said it. I said tackle in a, in a thread. Let the record show. Then he added linebacker for the second for the second pick of day number two. I would tend to agree. Um, I think that's where you could maybe get like a Chaz Surratt, right? That would be a really good spot. Maybe a little early for Dylan Moses, but that could be another guy who might the Packers look at from a linebacker position. But yeah, I think that's where you'll see them go. And again, people will be up in arms because they'll be like, Aaron Rodgers gets no weapons. But look, you need to get another offensive tackle because David Bakhtiari might not be back to start the season. And then on top of that, you're going to get a linebacker because you still need to fill that position. Even though Chris Barnes did pretty well, uh, Christian Kirksey's gone, you got to replace that. And so you do need a linebacker. So I wouldn't be, they could flip that, right? Tack, again, the tackles are very deep. I just, if you're going to, if there's an idea that this guy's going to play day one, then you got to know, like, are we still going to get day one starters in round three? Maybe. I don't think in round four. I think in round three, yes. Round four, no. Other draft notes, really just about the division and about our rivals. Um, you have the Chicago Bears taking Justin Fields. I think that's one of the bigger headlines of the day. It's all this Bears have remedied the situation and everything like that. Do you remember Matt Nagy's the coach? Does anyone like actually remember Matt Nagy coaches that football team? Matt Nagy's not a good coach. Matt Nagy is a classic overthinker. Matt Nagy's a guy who needs Lexapro. Like, I think if Matt Nagy took like three Lexapro before a game, he would actually be okay. For those who don't know what Lexapro is, it's an SSRI. It is an antidepressant. It does just, it hones you in and it doesn't make you feel anxious. Like Matt Nagy always feels anxious to me. They, Of course, they said Andy Dalton's our guy. Justin Fields is going to learn from him, yada, yada. And I guarantee you the city of Chicago will be clamoring for Fields by maybe week two, maybe week three. It basically depends if the Packers have already shit pumped them or not. And I like the deal. I mean, I love what the Bears did. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, they're giving up the first round pick for next year is risky. You better make the playoffs or be eight and eight or better. I'll say that. Well, the records are different because it's 17 games. That, oh, I am going to screw that up so much. 
But you better be, let's just put it this way, better be 500 or better. That's point blank. If you're not 500 or better next year and you're giving the Giants your first round pick, eee. not great, bub. Um, because, yeah, they can definitely take advantage of that. And we'll see. And that's that's kind of where they are with Fields. I mean, I'm not... I'm not this, like, I liked Fields a lot. Fields was the guy I didn't want to see go to San Francisco. And now he's in our division. I still, I'm weirdly okay with that more than San Francisco. I know that sounds fucked up, but I think it's because of who's his coach. Now, if they go have Justin Fields and then Joe Brady takes that job in Chicago, then I get a little worried, okay? But until they get a new coach, I'm not going to worry about Justin Fields in Chicago. As for Detroit and Minnesota, who both got offensive tackles, I think it's good moves. They're, they established the team a little bit. Uh, the Vikings always need help at the offensive line position. It sucks when the Vikings actually do the right thing and you know make their offensive line better, but it is what it is, my friends. And it, that's where the Lions and Vikings are going. Someone, I think Ryan Wood, who I'm not a huge fan of, was like, oh, Bears got Justin Fields. The Vikings and Lions got established tackles. Like, what an awful night for the Packers. I'm like, no, man, that's fucking okay. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, Justin Fields, yeah, could be a thorn in our side for years to come. But just getting an offensive tackle doesn't really mean shit. I I think it's great to have him. It's a good cornerstone. But it's not necessarily going to be the thing that takes you over the top. It's not going to just immediately make the Detroit Lions into like a six or seven win team. It's not, and it'll help the Vikings, but again, it's not going to just be this immediate on off switch. And Darshaw, who they drafted, has some little character issues. And are we surprised by the Minnesota Vikings drafting a guy with a little bit of character issues? No, none of us are. And as for the rivals, San Francisco taking Trey Lance, very interesting. I think we won't see Trey Lance for at least a year. Um, And then I think it'll be Trey Lance time. Under Kyle Shanahan's guys, I think they will get it done. It'll be very interesting to know if they wanted Mac Jones or not um, because that was the rumor for a while and that rumor died uh, pretty quickly when they drafted Trey Lance. Trying to think of other rivals. You know, Dallas doing their weird trade with Philly was odd. Um, It did not make a lot of sense. I didn't really get it. Tampa Bay taking a prospect on the edge. Uh, The Saints also a weird edge rusher pick. Um, So both those guys, both those teams took sort of projects. So I'm not, again, there wasn't anything really to worry about from the rivals besides Justin Fields. And we, I did get my wish though, by the way, I think I did did I yeah four out of the five quarterbacks are in the AFC one the one happens to be in the AFC North our division that's okay we will we will survive we will soldier on and it was a good day good first draft I gotta tell you I was at the Brewer game which I'll tr- we can transition right to just if you ever have a situation where you can't make the draft and you like the draft but you don't love the draft because if you love the draft you should watch it Right, you're like into it, like Murph is. You should be locked in watching every pick. But if that's not your thing, and you're like, I want to go out to the bar, I want to have a drink with my wife, or whatever, 
just set up text notifications for like Schefter and, and Rappaport. Because if you do that, you're going to get all your news. And I did it for both just because I wanted quicker news. Like I wanted the news like up to date. So that's why I stacked them. But you could only do it with just one. So as I was at the game, I wasn't really on my phone because I was just getting notifications. I was on my phone a little bit. I think it's hard when Aaron Rodgers is rumored to get traded, right? And you're just like, fuck, what's going on here? And you're just all in it. I wasn't too bad, but I I definitely spent some time on my phone while watching the game. And so, yeah, as mentioned, when's the Brewer game? Great win for them. Uh, Eric Lauer continues to own the Dodgers. I think Eric Lauer should only pitch against the Dodgers. And if they are playing the Dodgers in the playoff playoffs, Eric Lauer has to be on the rotation. He pitched really well. Now the question is, can you do it against a team that isn't the Los Angeles Dodgers? That will be his test. I don't know if they're going to trot him out for another another appearance. I would assume so. And it was fun to watch Trevor Bauer. Uh, I don't I didn't realize that Trevor Bauer grunts like Serena Williams. We we're very close. And to hear him just grunt after most of his pitches was quite annoying. Once you heard it, I didn't hear it for a while, and then I heard it, and I was like, shit, this kind of sucks. But whatever. So watching a game in COVID, uh, you know, it wasn't that bad. Uh, I don't know if I talked really about wearing the mask on the airplane in Austin, but you have to have that mask on pretty much the entire time. You get a little snack, take it off, put it back on. But it really didn't bother me too much in the airplane. So I kind of take, took the approach of just similar to the airplane, like whatever, wear the mask, do do your job. But as kind of similar to the airplane, if you had a drink or food, you didn't necessarily have to wear it. So we kind of had either or throughout the game. And as one of my buddies was like, dude, just hold a beer. Like even if you're not drinking, just hold a beer. And they're like, oh, you're drinking. And no one's going to say anything. We didn't get reprimanded at all. I would say that our mask usage wasn't great. If you're curious, because I know you are, we're all, or three out of the four of us are fully vaccinated. One's half vaxxed. We're fine. Um, We have nothing to worry about. And we were nowhere near anyone. We were sitting very close, which was great. And I think part of the reason that no one gave us any shit is because we were in very, very good seats. So the ushers probably were like, I, these guys are big swinging dicks. Not that we are at all. But we, we're not going to approach them if they're not wearing their mask. Um, but when you're, it, it was very interesting to just see the variety of fans just either not wearing it, having it pulled down, um, not wearing it right um, around the concourse. It just feels like in a lot of ways, and I, we use this term a lot in society and now felt like more performative theater than it did actually helpful like i get it right the mask stuff there's a mandate our our city has a mask mandate but from how rigid everybody was it was really loose and so if it's really loose then why the fuck are we wearing them if that's if that's just how it's going to be then I would just accept that. But I, I get it, right? I get that there's enough unvaccinated people, which by the way, if you are unvaccinated, get vaccinated. Don't Let's just kind of get back to normal here, huh? And, and But there's enough where it's like, all right, I get why we are doing this. It sucks. I think it's, it, 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 it shouldn't say it sucks because it, it doesn't. Like 
It does, but it doesn't. It was so cool to be back at American Family Field. It was so nice to just kind of walk around a little bit and be like, all right, yeah, this is the stadium I haven't seen in two plus, two years. I can't remember the last Brewer game I went to in 2019. So to be having one in the books was great. And yeah, if you're at the, the front and you wear your mask for the workers and everything like that, cool. Other little things, um, the lines were very short. Uh, they were offering silos instead of beer taps uh, by like where you get hot dogs or sauce or uh, like burgers or whatever instead of like taps, which was very interesting. So they had 24, they had a 16. I don't know if that's them protecting the environment um, with aluminum or it's a COVID thing. I'm not sure, but I think all of us in the group really liked it. And like the fact that we had these big ass beer cans instead of the sort of the the, cu- the cups, and just I think it it also keeps the beer cold as well. So I, I'm a big fan of that. I, I would give that a thumbs up. I didn't really walk around to see like new food stuff or what what has been added, what has been subtracted. I kind of just hung out in the area. It really wasn't a game for that with the Brewers playing the Dodgers. I think if the Brewers were playing some you know, meaningless game. I'm trying to think of a team. They were playing the Pirates, even though the Pirates have been better. But if they were playing the Pirates, I, you know, maybe walk around a little bit, see what has changed in the last two years. I know, obviously, with um, American Family now being the presenting sponsor, it's just a lot more AmFam signage. Um, I previously had worked for Associate Bank. I think I mentioned that on this show a few times. And they had a big area uh, right where we were sitting. And they it was like this activation site. It was run by GMR, a marketing company here in Milwaukee. And that's no longer. It's American Family. So that has become American Family. And I would just be curious how much American Family is featured in the stadium. Uh, because I, I think they don't miss out on a good sponsorship opportunity. <sighs> the last thing... I guess I will note about it, and I will fully recommend going to a COVID game for the Brewers. I think it's fine. I think you'll have a good time. I would just say that maybe we had a different you know, approach with ushers just because of where we were sitting. I have no idea if our experience would match if you're sitting in the loge level or in the upper deck. Um, but yes, it, it was fine. It was nice to be spread out. You're still tight with your guys. Like we had... Six four, six five, six six. I think Mike's six six, and then Mitch, and so we we had a lot of big boys. Like we had a lot of beef. Um, four of us squished in. We're tough. I wish we could have spread out with a seat per person. I don't know if they would have got down with it. We had the entire row to ourselves, um, but that was not. Um, we didn't want to do that because there were some women sitting behind us, and we didn't want to obstruct their view as we are all, as mentioned, very tall people. But yeah, good win for the Brewers. Good way to start the series. They have not done well in those first games. They're now 3-5 and five in those. I've been tracking that. Now you have Freddie Peralta tonight. You have Brandon Woodruff tomorrow. Corbin Burns, it seems like he has COVID. Uh, he went on a mysterious IL trip. Um, it wasn't reported why he's going on the IL. We, we're all assuming it's COVID. Hopefully it's not a Drew Holiday situation where he's out for three weeks hopefully it's just a quick little i don't know 10 15 day thing and then corbin burns is back in action lastly i'm not going to talk about the bucks a ton 
just know um, that was really embarrassing. I don't care that Giannis got hurt. It sucks that Giannis got hurt, sprained his ankle. Um, I think it'll be fine. Uh, you know, ankle sprains or something we all deal with, especially when we're playing a sport like basketball. I think he'll. I don't. I don't think he'll play tonight, and I don't think he'll. I maybe he'll play against Brooklyn. I would maybe the second game of Brooklyn's a little more, a little more possible. But that sucks. It just I can't believe how few matchups we get with the top teams where everybody's playing, and it's where all systems go. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's so frustrating. Um, so yeah, I don't think we're gonna get Giannis on Sunday. I, do I think the Bucks can beat the Nets without Giannis? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that one. We'll we'll see. It's not going to be easy. I'm sure they're going to be home dogs of a few points uh, to Kevin Durant and company. All right, that does it for our show. We will be back. So, so here's the thing. So Saturday, we're going to be doing tabbing the keg episode four fourteen. We're going to be doing a Milwaukee draft. We're obviously going to have to talk about Aaron Rodgers. There's no way we can't. Murph's going to be on the show. Murph has a whole thing. He has media ban lists. I just want to talk to him, get his opinions. I called him just to make sure like he hadn't driven off a cliff or something uh, yesterday. And the passion and the vigor that Murph brought to the table was unbelievable. And I just... It was an it was a different energy. Like I listened to that, and I'm like, you should have done the review, man. Like you should have been the guy. Like I should not have done it. Like you are so fired up for this, and he, I'm sure, has stayed fired up. He he has a ban list. He said SVP can stay, which is good. I like SVP, but we'll hear who his media ban list is um, on Saturday. But then we'll also draft Milwaukee things. So it might go up on Monday. I haven't decided. Uh, I've went back originally i was like all right this will go up tuesday and then this rogers things happen and now i'm like ah, i don't know so we'll see it might go up early just for you guys to listen to um but i won't promote it till monday so all right take care of yourselves have a great weekend enjoy the draft enjoy the derby hot rod charlie uh, by the way you gotta pick him like that's that if you listen to this podcast you gotta go with the horse named charlie that's that's a done deal all right guys take care of yourself I will see you around. If you're out about Milwaukee, make sure you say hi. If you see me, um, I I always will buy you a beer. I'll buy you multiple beers. Who knows? Um, it, it make up for all the times I, I don't actually see someone after saying this in the podcast. But you forget that not everybody listens in Milwaukee. All right. Take care, guys. Have yourself an awesome weekend. Bye.